Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor. And today I'm joined by Allison Coney, the community care pastor, and Brian Cobley, the youth director. Brian, you spoke on Sunday, and um, this is our second week now recording the follow-up remotely. Um, It's been fun. It's been a little different. Obviously, we enjoy being around each other and being in person, but um, we've got a different work experience right now, so we're going to take advantage of Zoom. So, um, Brian, looks like you're at home. Allison, you're at home and I'm at home. So this is great. Yeah. Last, I'm, last I'm in my, my, I'm in Cade's playroom right now. So I'm currently oh, nice. <laughs> on a Mickey car track. Nice. That's awesome. Like Matt, you know, the carpet. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I'd like to point out my pink glassy babies. I didn't know yeah. if you guys all had noticed a difference, but my sister-in-law just had breast cancer surgery yesterday. Oh, wow. So we're doing the shout out. It's the pink. We're, nice. we're dressed in pink. Yeah. That's awesome. How, uh, how many glassy babies do you have, Allison? Well, my standard answer is never enough. <laughs> never enough. <laughs> so what's the literal answer? Yeah. That is the literal answer. <laughs> I was going to say the never fact enough. that you can swap out glassy babies makes me think that you might have like some of those Tupperware uh, totes like in a garage just full of glassy babies. Oh, right. In the garage. That's just the best, the best place for a glassy baby. <laughs> well, wrapped up in, in tissue paper. and If I start having a, a garage display of them, we know we've gone too far around here. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Brian, you had the opportunity to wrap up the, f- the first like book of our letters to a young church, which was um, First Thessalonians. And you had chapter... You had a little bit of four and then all of five, right? Like just the I, end so, of four? No, no, no. I had the end of five. Oh, the end of five. That's right. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Scott yeah, did four and five. You just did the end yeah, of five. Yeah, okay. Scott ended at five, verse 11, and I continued from uh, verses 12 through 28. You, yes. kind of, you kind of brought one of his last yeah. verses, though, along yeah. with you to yeah, set the I, stage. Yeah, because I felt like that last verse where uh, it ended with, therefore, encourage one another and build Mm -hmm. one another up just as you are doing. Um, I just felt like that was the overall theme of the last, the the benediction and final instructions. Um, So, and it was to build up one another. Nice. Okay. So genius. That whole build thing. I just, Mm -hmm. I loved this message. It was so amazing. It was very stressful. (laughs) No, it was so perfect. It was so great. I mean, you had your your work cut out for you because you, the previous speakers, which you were one of them, Mm -hmm. um, the previous speakers got these really well thought out, what I referred to last time we recorded as like emails, right, to the church. And then you got the little typewriter burst text messages at the end where like, I think there was a couple of your verses that were like two to three words. Yes. Yeah. Rejoice always. That's a verse. Pray without ceasing. That's a verse. Yeah. Which no, is, I, you know, yeah, go ahead. I was telling everybody as I was writing this sermon that for me, this is like the greatest section to read for somebody like me who's like black and white. Um, I have a very difficult time reading like leadership books that mm-hmm. give me a headline that says, you know, leaders will always grow. And then there's like three paragraphs of analogies of why leaders yeah. must always grow. And then at the end of those three paragraphs, I'm like, so leaders must grow. Okay. okay. Thanks. <laughs> then I feel like, you know, headlines. Read give me, books. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Be obedient yeah. to the Holy Spirit. You're growing. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the, I don't need the analogy, even though, you know, this is great. But for me, I'm like, yeah, just the headlines give me give me what I need. Um, so when I read verses like this, I'm like, yes, this I will do everything that this these verses tell me to do. But then I was struggling with, wait, then... I need to be the person that, who writes that book of do this. And here's three reasons and analogy of why yeah. you must do this. So that, well, know, right? that was my struggle personally. You became was. the thing you very much hate, Brian. <laughs> it's just hard to you look live, in the mirror now. You live long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your main point that you kind of – landed on was kind of split into three of it it all revolved around building up right yeah so build build up the leaders build up the congregation build up what god is doing right in a very simple 
was an abbreviated version of what you taught Th- those on. Are, those are the headlines. Yeah. Uh, how long into reading that reading that section did it take you to kind of land on that for your main point? Was it a pretty quick just first time you you read it? That's very clear what Paul's teaching, or no? I mean, I definitely I I write sermons differently than uh, what people advise, but a lot of people will. Um, you know, read the verses and start writing a sermon yeah. and then they bring commentaries into it to like, mm-hmm. um, you know, flesh out and help with the, where their train of thoughts going. I kind of yeah. flip it where I do all my research first. Mm-hmm. I look into the words, I look into everything. And then based upon my research is like, okay, where can I put this? Where can mm-hmm. I get this to go? So it's kind of weird. Um, some people would say it's wrong. Some people say, listen to the Holy Spirit. And that's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't quench yeah. the spirit. Don't quench. Um, that was also but, from your passage. Yeah. So I, I did all my research and based upon the research, I would, I would research something. I'm like, oh, maybe I can do this. So I'll write it down and I'll research something. Maybe I can do this. I'll write it down. And then I was coming across and like, there's just themes of leaders, congregation and God. And then I went back to verse 11 because mm-hmm. it, you know, it's when you are, Reading any scripture Mm -hmm. uh, and someone just throws a verse at you or verses, Mm -hmm. it's always great to look at the verses ahead and be like, okay, what's the overall context? So I did that and I'm like, oh, like you can look at verse 11 as the end of a thought or you can look at verse 11 as the rest of what Mm -hmm. Paul is going to say. And so that's where I went. Like, yeah, this is going to be the theme of how Paul is going to finish this letter. Yeah. It's interesting that that's the way that you like to write sermons. Cause I would, I would say with just about everything else in your life, you like to go into things uninformed or not have a lot of like background research. Like I just want to experience it. I want to get my yeah. hands on it. But when Are it comes guy, to when you start a project or starting to play a game, you do read the instruction manual or you don't, do you just try and figure it out? No, I definitely read the instructions before I play any sort of board game. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to video games, I'm like, oh, the tutorial should tell me what to do. Yeah. Or, so. yeah, I feel like even like movies or TV shows, if like I, I recommend something to you, it's like, I feel like it's less is more with you. I don't feel like you really want to like know a whole lot about something no, before you go into it. So it's interesting because, I mean, there's no wrong or right way to, I guess there's probably a lot of wrong ways to write a sermon. But um, in terms of the approach, I wouldn't say one's better or worse, right? I mean, some people like to read the passage, get their grips on it, and then go, I don't know, uh, put the scrutiny of other commentaries or other pastors and say, oh, is that is that what I'm reading and, and what God is teaching me? Or is that just, you know, their thought or, you know, their spin on it? So I, yeah, go ahead. And it could be a fear of mine of that I've, I've written sermons mm-hmm. uh, and then I've done the research. I'm like, well, this is, farthest from what these the professionals are telling me that I'm even saying. So I think it helps me to get in the mindset of the original recipients Mm -hmm. to go, okay, now how am I going to teach what they heard to us today? So, because there's been so many times that I've read scripture, I'm like, well, I got that completely backwards. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I mean, like, I'm thinking though, you could just keep going on and on and on forever researching mm-hmm. though. At some mm-hmm. point you're going to have to stop and go, okay, I got this. I got yeah. what I feel is the course yeah. I'm going to take or the tact I'm going to take. And I'm going to put away the commentaries now. Yeah. And which quite honestly, I don't, I don't know how you do it, Allison, um, or how you did it in school, Hayden, but a lot of times I don't really bring the commentary stuff into the sermon. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is all in a sense for me to make mm-hmm. sure that I am preaching at least the thought of what the original thought was. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of times the stuff I write down in sermons, I don't bring, I don't bring into it. I yeah. just, it's you leave it it on the cutting room floor for the follow up. And so podcast. here we are. Yeah. What are some of the things that you left on the cutting room floor that you wished you could have mm-hmm. had time to talk about on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, so I'll be honest with you guys. I had a very difficult time preaching the build what the congregation is doing. Mm. Because when I read admonish the idol, which can be, you know, translated as warn those who are disorderly, yeah. that 
for, for me as, uh, as a pastor, that scares me to give people mm. just the free, like, reign of, yep, go warn those who are not living up to God's word. Because yeah. I have been um, around in, in the community college that I went to uh, when I graduated high school. You know, there's always these Christians who, like, every day would just stand in our courtyard with a big sign that says mm. homosexuals, fornicators, adulterers, and just all these lists, you're going to hell. Mm. And then they would turn the sign and says, unless you repent now. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm just looking at them like, man, your, your heart's in the right place maybe, but mm-hmm. does that work? And then mm. it never, it never failed. I would go to class and then I'd come out. And then there's just a group of people arguing with this person. This person's yelling back. And I'm like, mm. So I've seen it abused so many times, in my opinion. So that's my opinion of how I think that's being abused. So me teaching it, I'm like, what I left out was my disclaimer. Like, please don't Don't do do this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's on social media, right? You're scrolling and you come across these people who are doing that, not with a sign, but with a Mm -hmm. post. Yeah. And then the the argument in the comment section. So yeah, that to me was like, Leaving on the cutting room floor, like Holy Spirit, please fill this gap. Or even if yeah. I'm I'm wrong and that's the correct way, like fill in fill yeah. in the gap. I think the college, the community college example is is a great example of great thought, poor execution. You know, like mm-hmm. I think it's I I'm someone who when we talk about like you know truth and unity, right? I'm I lean more towards the unity side. I know there's a lot of people out there that lean more towards the truth side of you know. If you love someone enough, you'll go out and tell them, you know, all the ways that they're sinning or their relationship with Christ is broken. But, um, and the reality is, the reality is, if one person repents Mm -hmm. and becomes a Christian based upon that tactic or and that sign, then quite honestly, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Is it? I mean, how many are being driven away? It's yeah, and that's what I I (laughs) guess you would have to do the. the, (laughs) I don't know if it's a skill system, but so that's where like. It's that, that scares me so much. And so when I tell people go warn the disorderly, like you can translate that verse. That was like, I wanted, I I ended up writing that a whole thing, a whole story of what I actually mean by this. And it brought my sermon up to like, uh, how you guys know that I speak about a hundred words a minute. So it brought my sermon up to 4,500 words, which would have been a 45 minute sermon for me. I'm glad that you cut that out. (laughs) It'd be interesting. Did you do a deep dive on what the word warn meant? Because when you said it and you imagined the guy with the sign Mm -hmm. and kind of like, you know, yelling, I I was picturing more like somebody coming and putting their arm around somebody and going, dude, hey, so there's a better way. Like, you want to talk about this? And like in a gentle kind of. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so the way I said, if you guys remember the sermon is instruct. Cause that was another, that was another way you can translate it was instruct. Yeah. And I remember the overall context of what's happening in this church and they're experiencing persecution. So when I see warn the idol, my mind went to, Hey, these people know each other. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they know every single person in the church by name, by like, mm-hmm. by title, by reputation, they know each other. So when they're warning somebody, it's not, a stranger on the sign on the street. It is actually talking to your brothers and sisters that you know. So I see the word instruct and I remember that there's persecution. So instruct the idol could be Mm -hmm. those people who were on fire for Christ when Paul was there, who left and then persecution was becoming even tighter there Mm -hmm. that they have now kind of just put their car in idle. Like they're not Mm -hmm. moving forward anymore, not going really backwards, but just, just idling. And so mm-hmm. Paul is wanting the church to like, hey, warn those, get them to to go back to the yeah. excitement. I think counseling is always done better in a relationship, not a billboard or a sign. So <laughs> that's well, interesting. The, yeah. Well, I liked your idol, like that it was mm-hmm. a car for you, like mm-hmm. also because you just even picture somebody's not going, like somebody's mm-hmm. not moving, somebody's not like in. I don't know. I, I like that thought too. Like mm-hmm. you'd be like, let's get it into gear. Let's yeah. let's mm-hmm. do this thing. You know, yeah. let's mm-hmm. do this Christian life. Yeah. So not that was what idling. That, 
That was one of the biggest chopping blocks for me was just the whole, please do this correctly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you also, one of the things that uh, you had to cut out for time that I was bummed about was that closing line. I think we <laughs> talked about it Monday, right? Monday yeah. of last week where it yeah. said, what is the, what is the verse exactly? Do you remember it? So I think you're referring to verse 25, brothers <laughs> pray for us. I don't think you're yeah. talking about greet the all kiss. brothers with the holy kiss. No, yeah, <laughs> not, not the holy that? kiss. <laughs> the I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't mention that during COVID times. Yeah. So. <laughs> but no, the brother but the, pray for us. And I loved your yeah. perspective with it. Yeah. Brothers, brothers pray for us. Cause we were talking about, I mean, we're in the midst of so much, so much going on at Arbor. There's so many things um, that we have to do um, from, you know, just a, thinking about Easter, right. Thinking about Lent, thinking about all of the, um, all the stuff that's happened. And then there's stuff that like, Maybe we don't have to do, but we probably should do. That's also that we're, we're working on. And um, when I when I was reading through that, I think I talked to the two of you and we were chatting about Easter plans and we had asked you about your sermon for this Sunday or I guess last Sunday now. Um, and I just read your passage that morning and I was like, man, reading that is such a good reminder because a lot of times Paul's letters are here's what you need to do. Here's how I can help you, blah, blah, blah. And then at the very end, he's like, this is how you can help us, you know, like pray for us. And I asked if you were going to spend much time on that, given just where Arbor's at of how helpful that reminder is of brothers pray for us, you know? You know, that went with the, uh, respect, labor, love. Yeah. No, no, no. You, You definitely, yeah. You definitely preached on the leadership part, but I just, I think reading that verse for some reason it just stuck out to me so so much. So and, and it is it is really cool. Uh, yeah. The brothers pray for us, and based upon uh, who you are, you believe that mm-hmm. this letter was first or the Galatian letter was first. But mm-hmm. man, yeah, Paul kept preaching, and churches kept getting started and growing. So the praying was working. Yeah. I appreciated uh, you speaking up for the leaders. Um, I think it's hard sometimes to stand in front of people and say, Hey, we, we have a need, Mm -hmm. like we're, we could use some encouragement or we could use some strengthening or we could use your, um, buy-in and come shoulder Mm -hmm. to shoulder with us and help us do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought you navigated that really well. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like pitiful, <laughs> you know? yeah. it wasn't um, desperate. Mm-hmm. It was honest and it was vulnerable yeah. and um, necessary. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, let's let's be a little raw and transparent here. I think with you know everything going on at Arbor and with the staff, for me, it was a pretty uh, hard transition to go from having two bosses to like having two different ones uh, mm-hmm. with a whole team saying yeah. where we were going. So mm-hmm. like reading that, if you guys remember, I read that verse on our very first family meeting to the whole church. Mm. Was I don't remember when that. I, yeah, when, I, crazy. when I was asked to give the, the benediction, the closing thought, the very first family meeting with everything, that's the verse that I read. Mm. Was, that's awesome. Uh, Respect those who labor among you. Now, I, you know, I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit or if I already knew I was going to preach that. So I was. <laughs> no, it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That, that's amazing. That's, that's no, great. that's great. But and, it's it's a friendly reminder for me because I went from having, you know, uh, one boss who mm-hmm. I could at least, you know, talk to and, and plan to having a whole team above me and kind of like hoping that I would agree with some mm-hmm. of the, the leadership. So. Uh, in the decision. So hearing that was like just a, a reminder for me mm-hmm. of, you know, it's not just the staff who's leadership at Arbor. It's, mm-hmm. it's the elders, it's mm-hmm. the transition team. So mm-hmm. when I was saying respect the leaders, uh, I hope Arbor wasn't hearing, Hey, respect me on mm-hmm. stage. No, right you, now. Did it, yeah. you navigated it so well. Like I yeah. said, it wasn't pitiful. It wasn't desperate, but honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't tell you this. Um, I wasn't able to be on campus because of, you know, my little quarantine situation. Mm -hmm. But that morning was the first morning I could remember feeling like I hit a wall. And like, Mm. I 
I, I was absolutely exhausted. And I wondered mm -hmm. to myself, could I even have had the energy or strength to go to mm -hmm. church that day and serve? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I sit down at the online campus mm -hmm. and I hear you preaching. And I felt like it just was such a word in time for us mm -hmm. as a leadership team, because I, I don't know if I am alone or if that was just my mm -hmm. wall and everybody else hit their own wall <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Yeah. But I felt like, yes, please, please, Holy Spirit, infuse the congregation. Please yeah. have them mm -hmm. now, instead of us carrying everybody mm -hmm. and getting exhausted, like everybody come and help, you know, mm -hmm. and support yeah. and encourage. It was so yeah. timely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, there's, in my opinion, you. I think we've all heard this analogy a lot. And I've said this to Hayden before, but we've always heard of a, a consumer mm -hmm. uh, kind of church goer, somebody who just consumes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's obviously what I would say are, uh, you know, servers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but see, in my opinion, I think both are okay. Sometimes a lot of churches insult consumers, mm -hmm. but when I put it in like a, like a, a world analogy, you know, I think there's times in our life when we're cooking and we're eating our food. And I take that as people who are, are serving, but they're also consuming. Um, but there are times in our life where we look at our spouse or we look at the day and go, <laughs> I have no time to cook today, or I just don't feel like cooking. Let's just order. Let's, or let's go to a restaurant. Let somebody else serve yeah. us and consume yeah. that. Uh, I think, you know, at a church right now with COVID, there wasn't much opportunity for our people outside of the food bank. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we were also trying to just of like, what teams can we build? What teams, mm -hmm. uh, can we get people to, you know, cook, to serve? Mm -hmm. um, but I think right now it's been easy to just consume. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I think it was a cool reminder and biblical, biblical truth of then was there it like these people were yeah. cooking, serving mm -hmm. and consuming as well. So yeah. it was cool. It was a reminder to me that a big responsibility the congregation does have in the building up of each other, which in my opinion, can happen best in small groups um, or joining a team, um, being a part of the, the wood wide web. <laughs> I, I particularly liked your, your analogy that you opened and closed with about your father. Oh, I drive, loved yeah, that. Driving oh through the, gosh. driving in a truck, pointing out, you know, the places that he had worked on. Yeah. <laughs> I my dad those were my yeah. dad didn't do that. He was more this way. Yeah, that's why okay. I did it like that. Yeah, and he had it like I, I've never smoked. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows, Allison. And it shows. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, what what I loved about that was you know you you opened it up and it was this funny relatable story, yeah. right? And then you were able to bring it back to. You know, how does it, how is a guy smoking in his truck with his son relate to Arbor? Right. Um, and you did a great job with that story. And I thought it was great to, to be able to put it into people, the congregation to be able to, you know, sit down in their car, they drive past Arbor and they're like, you know what, that's, that's the church that I'm building. You know, oh with my God. Gosh. I got teary yeah. at yeah. that. Brian, <laughs> it was great. I yeah. did because I even could picture it on the 520 when you're driving mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. You can look up and see Arbor from there. And we yeah. keep our festival lights on at mm -hmm. yeah. Soundline uh, in that suite mm -hmm. over there. Yeah. I like keeping those on because I think it's like a city on a hill, you yeah. know, where you can look and see the light shining. Yeah. And I love thinking of all the people who go zipping past yeah. 520 and they can look mm -hmm. over at Arbor and say, mm -hmm. see that mm -hmm. church? Like I, I helped build that. And mm -hmm. that was such an amazing analogy. And it's not yeah. from like a puff up pride kind of thing. Like I helped build mm -hmm. that church. Mm -hmm. But it was more like, this is my community, my faith yeah. community. Yeah. And yeah. I am an integral part of it. Mm -hmm. How how awesome that is. Yeah. And I think about, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to add a narrative to your dad's story. Um, that That's not true. But to me, I thought about it in our context. And I think it's probably true for every person that calls Arbor home through this season is 
I imagine there was probably a job that your dad had where he, mm. you know, pulled the drywall back and he's like, this is a bigger mess than I thought it was. <laughs> this is a lot of work. That's right. And, <laughs> Still and, and my thought is like, it's super tempting in these times to just say, this is a job that's cut out for somebody has more skill than I do. Right. And I don't, I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but there's definitely been times in this season where it's like, this is a lot of work and like God's, God's going to have to do a lot because I don't have a lot of skill in this area, right? I felt but, that way with the last uh, uh, job description roles that we yeah. got. <laughs> but I think that was an encouragement, right? <laughs> to be able, I mean, besides just our commitment as as leaders to the people of Arbor and to what God's doing at Arbor, I think that it's it's, that is an encouragement to be able to think two years, five years, 10 years down the road, we can drive past and be like, do you remember <laughs> that year that we had where it didn't feel like we were going to make it out? It just felt like that was the end of it. And we're now sitting here 10 years down the road and Arbor's still serving the community. And um, there's been so many lives changed here, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to belittle the experience that we're having. I mean, this is a tough season, but yeah. I think that that was part of the reason why I don't feel like I have a lot of notes and like, Oh, Brian, I love that one part was because I think that beginning story and ending story yeah. spoke so much to me that I'm just like, that's what I'm landing on. That's what, that is Dude. the encouragement that I needed during this season. Was oh and, and, and I will say this, if there are anybody out there who does not call Arbor home uh, and you do attend a different church, put this in the perspective of your home church to build your home church, to be able to drive past your home church and say, I, you see that church, I build it up. I build up the leaders. I build mm-hmm. up the congregation and I build up what God is doing mm-hmm. at that church. Yeah. Um, so that's an, another one that I, I would, I would love to talk about. I think we've been doing this for 27 minutes. So we're already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost, we're getting, we're getting close. Yeah. Fangirling for 27 yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the building up what God is doing. I loved it because Paul reminded the church of why they are a church. And mm-hmm. I, when I said this on stage, guys, I was really, really talking about myself where mm-hmm. you can get so busy doing the church stuff, being in the weeds that you kind of mm-hmm. forget why you're, why you're a church 100%. And that is, yeah. is to be a part, be a part yeah. of what God is doing to help what God is doing and to show mm-hmm. the world God that it was, it was cool. It was like, yeah, leaders. Yeah. Other people. It was like, mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, also God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought even looking through those individual lists, right? You said build up what the leaders are doing, build up what um, the congregation is doing and what uh, God is doing. For me, I was like, okay, well, I kind of fall in two of those categories, right? Like I'm a, I'm a leader, but I'm also a part of the congregation. And I, and I thought about like Brian and I have had conversations at length about, you know, members of the congregation. I think about you know, Jeff Stamler, who is a leader, but also a part of the congregation. And I just, I've thought about one, like we had a conversation on Sunday of, of Jeff was just so happy. He had said, this was a camaraderie when, when Brian and I were joking with him, he's like, this is the camaraderie that I wanted, you know, with, with the staff and, and the people. And, and I, and I think about how those little things have changed. And sometimes we can look at the, the very, um, what's the word? more mechanical side of church and be like, Oh, we're not really doing like this part. Right. Like maybe our live stream cuts out for a few seconds, but to think about like what God is doing through Arbor and even in our congregation leadership of like, there is a feeling of authenticity at Arbor and (laughs) there's a feeling. Yeah. And there's a feeling of like, yeah, like, so what if our live stream cuts out for a few minutes, the people in the building are actually connecting with other people and connecting with God and, um, even, you know, what build up what God's doing at Arbor. Sure. There's, there's some areas where we haven't been able to do the best job that we've wanted to do, but I mean, we can talk about the food bank for hours, right. Of yeah. how, you know, Michael showed that sign on stage during second service. And I know that's not exactly food bank. It's, it's support of the school, but it's the same school that we donate to. God's been doing amazing things in areas that we weren't even working in a year ago, you know, yeah. that we wasn't even on our radar and, and even just the amount of people that we've heard that have come to Arbor and they, they have no idea about our history or context. They just found us online and, or they watched our live streams and it's, it's super, um, I think it's really easy for us at times to negate the one story that we hear 
and be like, well, that's just one story. Here's mm-hmm. all the other areas we're failing. But to hear like, <laughs> these are all the little things that God cares about and we should care about. And we need to build those things up. You know, I even, I manage Allison and I kind of share the management of social media and I see, you know, we'll post something online and it'll get like one like, right. And then you posted <laughs> that, you posted that like soap, that. soap thing. And it's just that whole, like I'm, I have, um, it's dark in here. So I have like my, uh, my computer on and I have Facebook up and I just keep seeing little <laughs> pop-ups of someone's reacting to that photo. Someone's reacting to that photo. And it's, I it's, know. you know, people. And are, I was going to share that too, that yeah. that came out of um, nowhere. And yeah. it, I feel like God just continues to encourage us like that. We're yeah. like, keep, keep going, keep going. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And he's working yeah. in people's lives. So last week I sent out an email and nobody, like I can barely get people to open the emails <laughs> that I write. Yeah. And yeah. I sent it out and I talked about how at the food bank, I saw a family come out with two rolls of toilet paper and not mm-hmm. like packages, but just yeah. rolls. Cause that's, yeah. we're really low on supplies. Yeah. And almost immediately I get a reply from a guy who just, he's like, I, I make soap. I would yeah. like to donate soap. And yeah. he has 120 bars of soap that he donated over the That's weekend. Awesome. And he that goes, is so cool. He goes, yeah. don't name me. Don't yeah. take a picture of me. Um, yeah. I don't want any thanks. I just want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, I was like, that just encourages me because I know yeah. that God is still moving, you know, yeah. and yeah. I, I, I just love it. I just yeah. love it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah. to see people click in on that too and appreciate yeah. it. We're good. Yeah. We are good. Yeah. We're doing good. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I even like, I, I think I had a conversation with Brian about like, you know, between Wednesday and Sunday, I can feel a lot of like, I can feel a lot of like, not necessarily doubt, but just like, oh man, like, what do what are we doing? You know, like what is, what are we doing for the kingdom? What are we doing for, you know, the people at Arbor? And it's funny, like Wednesdays and Sundays, those touchstones are Wednesday nights. We practice the live stream. I'm surrounded by, you know, the tech volunteer team. And then on Sundays, it's, we're all in the building together. And that's, that's the truth of it of is like, yeah, on Tuesday, when I'm looking at my computer editing the follow-up podcast, sure. I laugh or I have fun doing that, but it's not like, I'm not like, man, this is just, I'm, you know, I'm serving, I'm serving God. I'm serving the community. It's, it, it can be a little, you know, isolating, but also just, you know, some feelings of apathy can kind of, you know, creep in of like, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> what is, yeah. and, and I love that Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings after that, I'm just like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what God has for us. You know, yeah. um, uh, I'm going to apologize Apologize to you guys. My son is awake. I can now hear that. So there's going to be some commotion happening in the yeah. background. Can't wait. Um, Bring it, The man. gentle giant Cade. Yeah. But I do want to talk about this um, yeah. because I did mention this in the sermon that we would talk about this on the Ooh, Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. Which is the supernatural gifts. Because yeah. in this uh, verse, it does say, uh, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise mm. prophecies, but test everything. Mm. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Mm. Now, I definitely grew up with a background thinking that the supernatural gifts stopped, like they ceased. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would say when I was in college, like they taught that, or you just assumed? I so I assumed. I assumed just within my own before I even went to Bible college. Mm. That's what what I assumed, and then. Mm. When I went to Bible college, uh, they they never the cool thing about uh, Boys to Bible College is they never really forced theology upon you. They would teach you mm. kind of all aspects, and at that moment of the lesson, when they were going to say this is how you sh- this is what you should believe, they move on to the next subject. So you never actually yeah. like you always got left with wait. So what's what's the answer? And Doctor Voorhees, uh, who is now president Voorhees of the school, always would say, "That's a good question." <laughs> you should <laughs> and then move on it's like yeah. dang it <laughs> come yeah. on so uh this uh this one was uh actually something i tried to research really hard to understand uh if i am a cessationist or if i believe the supernatural gifts exist um and what is really funny is the same verse that people Used to show that the gifts exist to the same verse that people show that the gifts have ended. 
It's the exact same verse, and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, mm-hmm. which is always known as the what chapter? Love chapter. The love chapter. Love. What's super funny is that love chapter is actually about the supernatural gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about the, the speaking in tongues, and it talks about the gifts of prophecy. But the verse that people go to uh, that they either – say that they exist and they don't exist as this. I'm going to read it, um, read it all, and then I'll stop where it is. So it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable, resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So that's the verse when the perfect comes. So it all is based upon what you interpret the perfect to be Mm. is where Mm. people believe. I have always landed on that's eternity. The perfect. So so heaven meeting earth, you know. And and so the supernatural, so you would land on that the supernatural gifts exist until the completion of earth, the new heaven and the new earth. Right. Cause why would you need to prophesy about something that is fulfilled? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that in the fulfillment of the kingdom prophecies yeah. are no longer necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some who believe that, um, that the gifts ended with the last apostles because Jesus just gave them the gift to give authority to what they were teaching because uh, they didn't really have authority. So the supernatural gifts existed to prove that Jesus is real. Like it would just help back them up everything that they were saying. But there are some who define the perfect to be Christ, which means if you look at perfect and you say when the perfect comes, which is when Jesus comes back and that's when, you know, the heaven and new earth comes, then that's when the gifts will end. Cause you're right. You don't need to prophesize. You don't need tongues. Um, when he wrote that Jesus had already come. Yeah, so, but this is the second coming. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, second okay. coming. Mm-hmm. So, the perfect being Christ in the second coming. Um, mm-hmm. But there are some who don't believe that to be true because the perfect in Greek, it's in a neutered form, not a masculine form, which you usually, if you're talking about a person and a male, you would give a masculine identity. But this one is the neuter form. So, there are people who believe the perfect is the Bible. Hmm. When the Bible is completed, it's perfected that you no longer need uh, the authority of these supernatural gifts because the Bible is all you need. And then you talk to somebody who speaks in tongues and somebody who profits from prophecy and not profit meaning Mm -hmm. money, but yeah. 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 Blessing. Yeah. You think. So, so it is how you define perfect. How you translate perfect, whether that's Jesus, um, that's the second coming, or the everything that was going to be formed together to make scripture when it became completed and perfected, those gifts no longer needed to exist. Mm. What's your take? That's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's so hard for me because I've been around people speaking in prophecies. I think I told you that story, Allison. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll give a, a, a quick one just for everyone to hear. I went to a, a thing when I was, uh, before I went to the Bible college, a ministry that somebody had in their house. And when you attended the house for the first time, uh, after the message was done, you would either go to small groups or you would gather around and sit on a pillow in the living room if you were mm. new and they would prophesize over you. That's so a nice I was like, favor. Yeah. So <laughs> I went for the first time. I'm like, sure, I'll do this. And yeah. people laid their hands on me and were prophesizing. I cannot remember what anybody said except for one girl where she was like, I just see a wall. 
But then I just see like you as a bulldozer and you're just breaking through walls. And as many times there's walls built up, you just keep breaking through them. And it's like, it's like nothing is going to stop you. Mm. And I was like, yeah, what a great prophecy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm feeling that. That yeah. was great. And then as I stand up, I hear somebody say to her, because I guess this is her first time. Somebody yeah. say to her, hey, you know, if it's not from God, you don't have to say it. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Cool. So, like so, cool prophecy. <laughs> prophecy doesn't Just. exist. But to, but to yeah. fast forward, Hayden, if you remember, when we graduate from the Bible college, we have like an exit interview with like mm-hmm. random professors and heads of the school. And a professor who really did not know me at all, like I don't even think we ever had one conversation with each other, read my testimony and read all the different factors I had in college. And if you remember, Hayden, in college I had – like the first semester I had to get my appendix removed and ended up being like a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Uh, mm-hmm. my father, my biological father died. Um, my, I had to move from like home to home to home while I was trying to go to Bible college. I couldn't you had afford like six it. Six so, different jobs. We yeah. I was like, about I that last week I couldn't afford it. So I had to work two jobs, seven days a week, over 40 hours just to pay for this school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dog died while yeah. I was there too. Skip, yeah. And Skip died. So um, this professor read this testimony. He goes, gosh, Brian, you you don't let any walls get in your way. You just break down every wall. Mm. And I was like, she is a prophet. <laughs> it was real. Prophetess. <laughs> <It> was prophet- <laughs> prophetess. It was real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so – Long story short, I do believe in the supernatural gifts. Mm. I think the perfect is is Christ. Yeah. Um, just from things that I've experienced. Now, that being said, I don't know. I I truly don't know if you know the churches, the charismatic churches, where you know everybody's speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's real. Um, yeah, I do know that it does make me somewhat a little uncomfortable, just because it's not something I'm I'm used to. But mm-hmm. I do believe the same thing that Paul wrote to the first Thessalonian churches is the truth for today of don't just discount it. Don't quench the spirit. Don't extinguish what the spirit's doing, but test it, mm-hmm. test the test what's going on. And mm-hmm. if, if it lines up, then it's good. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if you're like, Whoa, this is, this is not something that Jesus said or would say according to this, then abstain from it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a hot take. That's hot a take. hot take. Yeah, <laughs> hot take. <laughs> hey, where do you line up? You know, I like to eat my pad thai with chopsticks. My wife likes to eat hers with a fork. I don't tell her how to enjoy mine. She doesn't tell me how to enjoy. I don't tell her to enjoy her. She doesn't tell me to enjoy mine. So, again, if it if it works and you've done the testing and it's fine, then doesn't bother me. I don't personally speak in tongues or prophesy. So, um, yeah, not saying that that'll, yeah, yeah, that could change, but. Cause um, they say in the end times, Micah, doesn't he say his spirit is going to pour out and mm-hmm. sons and daughters are going to prophesy. I mean, it's one of the signs of the end times, you yeah. know, that his spirit's going to move in such a great way that yeah. that will be more common. Yeah. Young men will dream dreams. So mm-hmm. it also is what you believe when the end times started, because there are some who believe we are currently in the end times mm-hmm. and we'll see an increase of spiritual activity during that. Mm-hmm. I mean, increasing even more so. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, these are my favorite type of conversations. So funny how your favorite kind of conversations coincide with my least favorite kind of conversations. <laughs> Don't tell me how to eat my pad yeah. thai. I will eat my you pad thai. Yeah. I will tell you how to eat it. Don't you dare tell me. <laughs> if you don't want to squeeze the line over your pad thai, you just want to throw it out. That's fine. Okay. I think I, the thing about being a pastor, though, or, mm-hmm. you know, anyone in leadership, spiritual leadership, mm-hmm. is you don't want to um, scare people off of things that might be beneficial mm-hmm. for them yeah. or to, um, like, hey, Hey, everybody, nobody speak in tongues, nobody prophesy, Mm -hmm. because that's like just problematic or something that we're Mm -hmm. a little worried about. And so don't do it. And then Mm -hmm. you may be withholding from them something the spirit is wanting to engage them with. Mm -hmm. So 
even though like maybe you don't eat with your chopsticks. You don't want to tell other people. Never no, no, no. He does. Yeah. No, he does eat. <laughs> I do eat with chopsticks. Yeah. He does Sorry. eat with his chopsticks. Gosh, Allison. If I could Forks get that are, right, yeah, that would be really yeah. helpful. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Disregard. But, yeah. I just think, I mean, I even have the, it seems to be a conversation that comes up a lot. Like when people just get fascinated with the book of revelation and they just want to talk about end times. It's like, that's never interested me. Um, sure. Like I need a base level understanding and education of what the end times will be like, but there's also a chance that could happen after I die, you know? Um, so if someone's really interested in that and they want to have a conversation about revelation, um, hidden points think, them to me. Yeah. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll say, you know, I'd love to listen to your conversation on that. Um, and we can talk about it. I'm not going to have as much to say about it if you've been reading it for, you know, the last year. But, um, you know, I even think about there's tons of, it's a weird, I don't want to typecast people, but it's a weird thing. And I think Brian had an explanation of, it made sense to me of why it typically seems to be older men who love to talk about revelation. I think, I think you said, Brian, it's because they're closer to the end of their life. (laughs) I think so too. Well, no, I Yeah. I said that about I said that in regards as my conversation with Scott about while well, oh, his last yeah. sermon he was doing uh, the 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 part in First Thessalonians about Jesus' second coming, yeah. and I was telling Scott you know the dynamic in that church which is a dynamic in all of our churches is there are some who feel like Jesus is closer to returning than they are to seeing Jesus face to face in their death. There's like yeah. a, a point in your life where you think oh no yeah there's more. I'm more than likely going to see Jesus coming from the sky than yeah. me going to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's a point in your life where it just shifts, where you feel like, Nope, I'm going to see him before he, yeah, he comes and sees me. Yeah. And so like, it's trying to, to balance that dynamic of when mm-hmm. you're teaching about the second coming to people. And usually when you feel like you're closer to see him face to face, you prepare mm-hmm. for that yeah. way, way more. It's like, yeah, I'm not well, prepared. He, for, I'm he not prepared for this you. test. <laughs> I feel like he prepares you. He yeah. he calls you, and so I've talked a lot of death <laughs> and dying <laughs> kind of kind of stuff. And I I've asked people like, do you feel him calling you? Do you sense mm. him calling you? Because I I think that he does prepare us when it's time for stuff like mm. that. So your thoughts do become more um, heaven focused and living with heaven in mind (laughs) as some would say (laughs) and the grip that you have on this world loosens and yeah um so anyhow it's i feel like it is part of his readiness package that you know he prepares for us so anyhow i think i love when people are just longing to be with him and they're yeah. focused on him no matter how if it's him coming down or us going up you know mm-hmm. we just want to be together and mm-hmm. i i yeah. love that i do yeah that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. i think i i uh, i and i asked that i asked that question scott it was do you where do you line up that mm-hmm. you're gonna see him or or he's gonna come see you and scott i think told me he goes actually i, th- I think i'm gonna go see him and i'm like yeah. yeah and in my life right now I, to me, I just, I still feel invincible, even though I've had many surgeries and my body is shutting down on me like every single day. Um, but I still feel a sense of like, no, I think, I think I live with the mind that Jesus could return before I go, go and see him. But I also know that people have said that, that Jesus is coming in their lifetime every single generation for the last 2000 years. So I also am realistic that most likely it's not happening in my lifetime. That's funny. I yeah, I've already planned out my funeral service, so I'm pretty prepared for that day. I'm gonna have required watching at my funeral. People are gonna watch all the movies that I wanted them to watch all of my life. And say, if you really cared about me, you're gonna sit through these movies, and then you guys are gonna have a discussion about it after. Oh my gosh, Hayden, we're not ready for you to go. So <laughs> yeah, we need to but watch if those I movies. Do, <laughs> if I do. I'm prepared for it. So couldn't you just make a playlist or something that's easy? No, no. it's got to be required, or you're just gonna be. It's gonna be every other weekend. You're like, maybe we should watch one of those movies that Hayden wanted us to watch, and then you're gonna be like, well, he's not here. He can't judge us. So not for the sake of you, but for the sake of me. I hope you never die. 
you Why? are going to oh, have to go to Oh, because you have to watch share. those movies? <laughs> no, because you're going to have to go to Grief Share, and I'm going to have yeah. to coach you through it. I wouldn't go to Grief Share for you, Hayden. You once said that you would. I witnessed it. For Hayden? Oh. Yes. Oh, man. That you're going to have to. 13 weeks. That might have been when I had, like, dreams and aspirations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too real, too real, too real. Uh, well, wow, how did we get I, here? I love to I love to wrap up on a low note. So, uh, um, who's who's preaching this Sunday? Scott. Scott. Okay. Start in Galatians. Galatians. Faith and works. <laughs> Faith yeah. and works. Um, that's awesome, Scott. And just it remind me if I'm uh, off base here. It, did Brian start Thessalonians and end Thessalonians? Yeah. Wow. And is there any plans for us to dive into second Thessalonians or are we just doing the first one? You know, it's funny. <laughs> wow, after put her on Easter, the spot. <laughs> after Easter, there's just a blank, blank slate is the way okay. that we're calling it. So um, okay. we have some, you know, headline news yeah. next week and um, yeah. we'll be unpacking more of what the future looks like. Yeah. So okay. teaser, teaser. If we don't, I've never been a big fan of sequels anyways, so we could just stick with the original. <laughs> and then sequels? Just, yeah, just move on to Galatians. Has new cast, been, new characters. Has there ever been a sequel that you thought was better than the original? Probably, but I not enough time for me to think about it right now. I mean, hmm. we're already at 50 minutes, so. Toy Story 2. I kind of like Toy Story 2 better than Toy Story. Mm, that's a hot take. Um... <laughs> Okay, well, Scott's preaching next week. Allison uh, leaked some important news coming. So, yeah, good job, Allison. Stay tuned. Loose <laughs> lips, loose lips sink ships, Allison. Um, Just so, trying to be in the know, yeah. Be, yeah. be popular. Yeah, so big news coming, and then um, Scott's preaching Sunday. Anything else we need to share with the family? Keep Dude. going with Lit. Keep, I know, going that's what with, I was yeah. going to say. I love the Lent stuff. Yeah. Very thought provoking. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going with Lent and uh, keep watching out for any food bank needs. Food bank is uh, an awesome ministry that we have going. So, thank and you. Brian, for you have students. Yep. Yeah. If Brian's you want students. to join our team, let us know if you want to relive your middle school and high school days. And also, uh, Children's is open up on the 7th. That's which is right. also big news. So it's going to be some busy times this spring. <laughs> We're Lots of stuff tired. going on. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot going on and a lot down the pipe. So, well, if you guys are feeling better, not as low as the whole funeral conversation that I brought up for some weird reason, <laughs> I'd love to wrap up. Are you guys, <laughs> yeah, are you guys uplifted? Good. Are you uplifted? Yeah. Okay. Yes, very to, much. Yep. I just want to check in. I want to let you guys know that I hear you and I see you. You're the best. You're the best of us, Hayden. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Well, but great message, Brian. I think that was yeah, your great message. Best I've ever heard. Thank yeah. you. Give it. Give it to God. Didn't think I was, that I would I ever was say. Stressed out of my mind before that sermon. I didn't think exactly I'd ever say what I that. To hear. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever say that uh, you did such a good job with the smoking analogy in a sermon. But <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Great job. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the follow-up podcast. Uh, Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you guys next week.